Welcome to the Sharp 600 brought to you by Covers.com. Give us 600 seconds and we'll give you the tools you need to improve your handicapping. Great to have you with us today, everybody. My name is Joe Fortenball, and here's what we've got in store for episode number 38. Great weekend for the podcast. College football picks went 2-1 and one, with Wake Forest delivering on our upset alert. And our pro picks hit at 2-1 and one as well, so we'll hope to keep that cooking. Sports betting, specifically prop betting, can go hand-in-hand hand with the world of daily fantasy sports. Adam Levitan is one of the top DFS minds in the business. He's going to join us in just a moment to talk DFS strategy, contrarian thinking, all that good stuff. And after picking Adam's brain, we're going to bring down the curtain with a Thursday night NFL selection, looking to bounce back from last week's disaster on Monday night where we had that lean to Miami over Baltimore. But first, let's jump right into this week's entree. It says here we should work in teams. Who wants to be my spotter? He's the co-host of the Daily Fantasy Football Edge podcast, which you can find on iTunes, a DraftKings analyst and two-time Fantasy Sports Writers Association award winner. Follow him on Twitter at Adam Levitan. It's Adam Levitan here joining us on the Sharp 600. Adam, thank you so much for your time. We greatly appreciate it. We'll jump right into it. ESPN's David Purdom joined us last week to talk about the legalization of sports betting in America. Since that time... Pennsylvania recently became the 17th state to formally legalize paid entry fantasy sports. Five years from now, where do you see legalized daily fantasy sports and sports betting? What's the American landscape going to look like? Yeah, it's an interesting question. You know, I I think it's going to take some time in some states that are perhaps uh, more conservative. But I think as we get lawmakers more and more towards a spot where understand what's going on. I mean, a lot of these lawmakers have never even played DFS or never heard uh, what DFS is. As we get more and more of them from maybe a younger generation into power, I think that will make a big big difference. So yeah, there's a a, kind of a hurdle to educate people, but 17 states is for sure uh, a big step. And we all know about what's going on with sports betting with the Supreme Court case. And I think that would be a big leap forward if that can go uh, the way of New Jersey as well. So, yeah, I think a lot's going to change in the next five years, um, but definitely in the next 10 to 20, I think we'll see uh, really massive changes. Do you see a lot of similarities between daily fantasy sports and sports betting, specifically prop betting? Uh, you know, I don't, actually. I know people want to draw that comparison all the time. First of all, with, with sports betting, I mean, I think the biggest difference between DFS and sports betting is peer-to-peer. You know, when I'm playing DFS, I'm playing against somebody else, often just one other uh, person, whereas in sports betting, you're playing against the house and you are, um, in theory, you know, likely to be a 50 50 coin flip. These lines are so efficient that I think anybody who claims they're winning 60, 65% in sports betting uh, is, quite frankly, probably a liar. Whereas in DFS, you can have those win rates because we're playing against other people. So I think there's a big difference there. And yeah, with prop betting, I mean, the prop lines, are, I think, are pretty soft. And you can see that in the limits. Uh, at a lot of these books that they offer, you can only bet maybe 500 or whatever on a prop, whereas they'll take 100000 on a side, and they know that they uh, can get hurt pretty bad because they're not putting a lot of effort into making these lines. So I actually think the best way to, to describe props is like, hey, if we're doing really good projections for DFS, we can just go right down our projections, see where the biggest inefficiencies are in props, and just go ahead and bet those. We continue to see growth in the field of analytics, specifically how it's applied and how it's utilized in professional sports. The World Series between the Astros and the Dodgers is a perfect example. But 
it's not just about using and utilizing analytics. It's about utilizing the right analytics. What do you consider to be the right analytics regarding setting DFS lineups? Yeah, I think people kind of get caught up in the word analytics. It really, I'm just looking for information and data that can help me make more optimal decisions. And that's really it. You know, it's not, it doesn't have to be some crazy fancy stuff. So a lot of the stuff that I look at will be, you know, to kind of take out some of the noise. So, um, you know, like in baseball, we talk about uh, batted average and balls in play and stuff like that. Um, we talk about uh, things that are independent of fielding when it comes to pitchers and just things that we can use to kind of normalize stats so that we're not comparing uh, throwaways from a quarterback to compare to normal incompletions or, you know, interceptions that were the quarterback's fault versus weren't the quarterback's fault or sack rates and hurry rates and stuff like that. So uh, kind of normalizing stats to pace to how many plays we're going to see in a game and normalizing them to some of the uh, kind of fluky outcomes that we see. And, that, you know, in football, there's so many fluky outcomes every week. If you can kind of cut through that, you'll have a better sense of what's going to happen in the future. How important is it to utilize a contrarian point of view when working through your research, specifically betting against the public, so to speak? Yeah, so this is one thing I like to look at a lot, and I'm not sure it's that popular among people, but, like, when I see a reverse line move, I mean, we saw that huge uh, – Reverse line move last week in that Bears game uh, where it went through three when they were playing the Panthers, and you you almost never see that. And at that point, I was like, man, I'm really scared to use any Panthers here, and I'm probably going to go ahead and and take a shot on the Bears' D, and and that really paid off. So, yeah, I think I I want to know where really sharp people, where the biggest bettors in the world are putting their money because that just means that the player performance in those games is likely going to correspond uh, as well. So yeah, I think line moves and, and understanding the sharp side of games can certainly help uh, in DFS. And then also, you, know, you mentioned contrarian, and that's kind of a buzzword in DFS too. You know, just kind of being contrarian when you're playing tournaments in DFS uh, is so important because when you hit, uh, you want to get and make sure that it pays off really well and not everybody else is on it. So, uh, you know, if you find a play that isn't very highly owned, like say DeAndre Hopkins this week, like only 4% of people used him and he just goes completely ham. Um, if you like the Texans in that game, I know there was some sharp money on the Texans. Maybe DeAndre Hopkins would have come to you a bit easier. Do you employ different strategies when setting DFS lineups, say, in major tournaments versus smaller tournaments? Like if you were going to set a lineup for a head-to-head matchup versus a tournament that may have 100,000 people, will that have a different mindset, a different approach to setting those lineups? Oh, of course, yeah. Uh, and I think as more people play DFS, the more people understand this. I mean, yeah, head-to-head lineups, I just go for the highest equity, the highest floor. Uh, I'm not taking a lot of chances on guys who – you know, run deep down the field and their catch rate is really low. I'm looking for a lot of volume uh, from my wide receivers. I'm looking for a lot of volume from my running backs. So, yeah, I think there's, you know, a whole, you can delve into a whole strategy about uh, strategies for GPPs, deep field uh, tournaments versus cash games versus head-to-head. Uh, but the general idea is that you take more risks in a tournament and you try to play it as safe as you can and just play the best plays. And don't worry about what everybody else is doing for head-to-heads and cash games. You mentioned the reverse line movement in the Panthers-Bears game from a couple weeks ago. How important is it to utilize Las Vegas point spreads and Las Vegas totals in your research? Oh, for sure, yeah. I think we saw an example of this past week, too. I think the uh, Texans-Seahawks game opened 43, and before you could blink, it was up to 46, and I think it might have closed. 46 and a half uh, or higher. And we saw that game just go completely nuts. So yeah, like I said, I I want to know 
where sharp people are putting a lot of their money. And it was pretty clear that a lot of sharp people were on the Bears that game against the Panthers. And a lot of sharp people were also on uh, over the total in uh, Texans and Seahawks. So, yeah, I think that's valuable information for sure. Outside of following yourself, for example, on Twitter and some of the other bright minds that are out there in the DFS world, any resources that you would recommend for our listeners if they were jumping into the DFS fray and wanted to try to find a way to not only get smarter with their research, but get smarter with their lineups? Yeah, so I work with a company called Fantasy Labs where we give you a ton of data and ability to create your own models. I I think that helps people a lot. We do ownership projections so you can kind of figure out uh, where people are going to be. I think there's a lot of value in just getting information and data rather than picks. You know, a lot of people just are like, hey, you know, who do you like this week? Give me the answer. And that's not really going to work for a lot of people, and it's not going to work in the long term for sure. So I think Pro Football Focus uh, does a great job of getting information out there to people. They're a great resource for sure. And there's a ton of good free information, too. Mike Clay uh, is working with ESPN now, puts out a ton of good information. Um, And there's so many other sites that are just out there giving you so much data that, that you can use to kind of make your own decisions. You can follow him on Twitter at Adam Levitan, co-host of the Daily Fantasy Football Edge podcast, which you can find on iTunes, DraftKings analyst and two-time Fantasy Sports Writers Association award winner, Adam Levitan, joining us here on the Sharp 600. Awesome stuff, Adam. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for your time, and uh, hopefully we can do it again soon. All right. Thanks for having me. Pay that man his money. All right. Last week, we had a lean to the Miami Dolphins on Thursday night at Baltimore. We came close. We only missed that one by about 40 points, so it would be difficult to do any worse this week. For those scoring at home, we've now hit four of our last six Thursday night games. This week, it's the 5-2 and two Buffalo Bills laying three and a half points at the three and five New York Jets. Happy Halloween, everybody. The Jets have been a fourth-quarter train wreck as of late, but don't get it confused. Todd Bowles' crew has covered the number in five of their last six games with that lone non-cover coming in the form of a Week 7 push at Miami. So you have to go all the way back to Week 2 at Oakland to find the last time Jets backers lost money on their team. Buffalo has been hot as of late as well, but laying three and a half points on the road on a Thursday night is a much different story than covering two points at home on a Sunday against a bad Raiders team. The Jets are 5-0 against the spread over their last five home games, while the home team in this series is 8-3 against the number over the last 11 meetings. We'll take the Jets plus the three and a half points. That's a wrap for this installment of the Sharp 600. Thank you so much for checking us out this week. We greatly appreciate it. If you get the opportunity, subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. We're back on Wednesday with the College Football Pod. Best of luck and be well, everybody. Be well, everybody.